Hello, and welcome back to the Let's Plan Your Wedding podcast. I'm Danny C, and today we are tackling part two of wedding invitation making. In part one, the previous episode, we talked about the invite itself and how to make it. For this episode, let's first talk about how to translate your guest list to a mail merge. Then let's be sure that the list is taking into consideration a strategy to tackle are two historically complicated groups of people, children and plus ones. We will even talk about what to do when you receive pushback, which I'm so sorry to say, it's likely that you will. Finally, we'll walk through those naming strategies, Mr. and Mrs. John Smith, Mr. John and Mrs. Amy Smith, or John and Amy Smith. Hey, you have lots of options. Let's dive in. Let's take a look at your guest list. Actually pull it up if you can, or at least imagine how you've made it. And you may even want to peek into the format that's best to organize your Excel spreadsheet into before going on to do all this work. So what I'll say is if you're using like a minted.com, they have a format for their spreadsheets that they want your spreadsheet to abide by. They may want you to break out the zip code into one you know, separate column, or they want to have all of the Mr. and Mrs. in a certain column. So look at how they want your spreadsheet to look. They might even have a template spreadsheet that you would rather just copy and paste your information over onto. So take a look at how they want it to be organized. For physical mailings, you should organize by household since families and couples living together at the same residence will receive one invitation. We will talk about roommates a little bit more in depth in a minute. But I'll just say that I actually recommend sending two separate invitations, both sent to the same address, but there's two of them. But it's up to you. To save money, you could put roommates all on the same guest list line and just send them one invitation. And if a child is, say, away at college or living in another house, you can make the decision of either sending that person their own invite because they are living elsewhere, or if they're studying abroad or you just feel like the parents can relay the message that they're invited, You can put their name on their parents' invitation and send it to the parents' house. Okay, let's tackle those tough groups. There are two groups that will garner the most pushback, the most follow-up questions, and the most confusion for your guests. Number one is kids. So what's your strategy here? Are you having kids at your wedding? Are you having all kids at your wedding or only a select few? Or are you having an adults-only party? Most commonly, I see one of two things. People want certain children, the ones they have a connection with, maybe a few to be in the ceremony, and a few more family members' children, but they aren't allowing a blanket invite for every guest with kids to bring them to the wedding. In this case, the envelope needs to say the children's name as well as the adult's name on it. If you just say the Smith family, I think that's still not clear enough. Instead, I think you should list John, Jane, Everett, and Lacey Smith on the envelope. I know that's a lot of names. What if the family has five kids? Here's what I'll say. This is the reason for two envelopes. In the most traditional, most formal wedding invitations, there is an outer and an inner envelope. The outer envelope, you treat like it's addressed just for the postal service to get the envelope to the right house. So you could say the Smith family here, or you could even just say Mr. and Mrs. Smith or Mr. John Smith. You're just getting the envelope to the house. So it's got the address on it, of course, so it gets delivered. When the family gets it and they open it, inside that larger outer envelope is an inner envelope that doesn't have the home address on it. So there's plenty of room to clearly list all the names of those people invited. Mr. John Smith, 
Mrs. Jane Smith, Mr. Everett Smith, and Miss Lacey Smith. You could use this double envelope method only for large families to avoid confusion, or you could use it for every guest to be more formal and more traditional, or you could just do your best to include every name on the envelope that also has the address on it. If you're using an online RSVP tracker through your website, what can be helpful to guests is that when they go to RSVP online, they are often now able to like look up their reservation. So when the Smith family goes to do this, they will see that they have the capacity to say that up to four people are coming. So they would think, oh great, the two kids, the two adults, four people, RSVPing, yes, we're all coming. So I would say that's pretty clear and clearly indicates to a couple that their children, listed by name on the envelope and included in the reservation headcount, are invited. Where it gets a little tricky is if you're inviting some but not all the children within a household. And this is perfectly acceptable. Let's say Everett is a best friend to your brother's son who is coming, but Lacey's only two years old. You prefer not to have too many children, especially toddlers at the wedding. Whatever the reason, it's okay to do this, but you also need to be very clear. Here is where you'll really need to list those names. So you need to say Mr. John, Mrs. Jane, and Mr. Everett Smith on the envelope with the address, or if you do the two envelope system, you could just say Mr. John Smith or Mr. and Mrs. Smith on the outer envelope with the address, and on the inner envelope, you've listed those three names. So you need to go through your guest list now and talk about what children are invited and which are not. This is a tricky subject that can cause pushback, but remember, this is your event, and you know best if your venue is suitable for young children or for a lot of children. It could be unsafe or inappropriate for kids to attend, you need to make your choice and stick to it. You can decide that you want no kids at the wedding. Maybe that means absolutely no kids, or maybe there are still a few flower girls and ring bearers during the ceremony, and then they're not joining you for the reception. I will say I often see couples make an exception for breastfeeding babies who need to stick with their mom. This is a different category usually than other children who can be more easily left with a family member or a sitter. If you really don't want any babies you are likely going to need to have a conversation with breastfeeding mothers. And of course, I guess it's technically possible for them to pump and leave the baby with a family member. I do not recommend this. I think if you want to have new moms, um, you need to allow for them, breastfeeding mothers, to bring their baby. They really don't usually add a lot of baby energy, I will say. They're, they're very much attached to their mother. So I think it would be a little bit on the ungracious side to put your foot down in this department. If you're including them, you don't need to include the baby's name on the invite. In some cases, say you're six months out, maybe that baby hasn't been born yet. So you don't need to put the name on the invitation and that may prompt them to reach out and be sure with you that it's okay that they bring their baby. And in that case, even though they had to follow up and ask a question and it wasn't super clear, I think that's still better than putting the baby's name on there because you may not know the baby's name. And also maybe the parent does want to leave that baby, even if it's two weeks old with a family member, that's their prerogative and they can make that choice. If you're having a no kids policy or having an adults only wedding, I would recommend you put a note on the website. I am seeing this done gracefully more and more where the couple is addressing the envelope just to the parents. The RSVP tracker only gives them two reservation spots. And then also on the website, it reiterates. Maybe it's on the homepage and or on the FAQ section, people saying something to the effect of, we love your children, but this will be an adult-only event. Thank you for understanding. I would put a caveat for breastfeeding mothers there. I, that would also add clarity. You could say breastfeeding mothers are okay or in some way kind of say that there or somewhere else on the website. Okay, let's talk about tricky group of people number two. 
plus ones. It used to be that all single guests were allowed to bring a guest of their choice, like a plus one. Today, this is very outdated. You have likely killed yourself to get your guest list to a good place. You've made tricky concessions, merging your families, and you don't want your wedding filled with randos. So it's most commonly not allowed anymore for people to bring plus ones. That being said, it's not an all or nothing rule. Maybe you want to allow your brother a plus one or your childhood best friend who will know absolutely no one else at the event to have a plus one. In this case, say their names and put the words and guest after their name on their envelope. But perhaps within that same example, your brother and your childhood bestie, they get plus ones. But the rest of your friends who know each other really well from college or they're your family, you can choose not to give them plus ones and just put their names and their addresses on their envelopes. Let's talk about long-term boyfriends and girlfriends. This is also up to your discretion. Say a family member is in a long-term relationship. Perhaps they live together or apart. You're trying to decide if you should invite them. Again, even if the couple is very serious, the guest list is your domain. I recommend consulting your family before making these ultimate choices, but if you don't want to allow them to bring their girlfriend or boyfriend, address the envelope only with their name on it and send it to their address. If you want to allow them to bring their boyfriend and girlfriend and they live together, address it to both of them and send it to their home. If they don't live together, you have options. Let's say they are both your very best friends. You could send them two separate invites. This to me signals if they break up, both of them have the right to still attend your wedding. But let's say one of them is your best guy friend and he has a girlfriend. You like her, but if they break up, you wouldn't separately have invited her. I would address your friend's envelope to include his name and his girlfriend's name and send the invitation to him, not to her. And if they break up, it's unlikely that she would still want to attend the wedding. So maybe this is complicating your roommate strategy from before. You know how I said I like to give each roommate their own invitation? This would also help if they all have girlfriends because then his envelope is saying his name, his girlfriend's name, and listed to his address. And same with the other roommates if they have girlfriends. If you're really on the fence about allowing girlfriends and boyfriends, I'll say that typically anyone who has been dating seriously for one plus or even two plus years should be considered if you also have a relationship with them. Or even if you don't, maybe that person wouldn't really be comfortable attending without their significant other. So that's kind of hard to gauge, but let's say it's your cousin and their parents, their siblings, and their cousins are all invited. Even though they're in a relationship, you've never met her and your other cousins aren't bringing anybody else. So you feel like, okay, that cousin who I'm not inviting his girlfriend, he's going to sit with all of his family. He's going to be fine at the event. Or maybe it's the opposite. Everyone else at his table has their significant other because all of his siblings are married. He's been in a relationship for three years. You've met her and you feel like it would be kind of unkind not to allow him to bring his girlfriend just because they're not married. So these are kind of the dynamics you're thinking through. I would say too that couples living together usually do garner an invitation for both of them to attend, but it's nuanced. It's really up to you. And it also depends on your overall headcount and what you're shooting for numbers wise. Now let's talk about your naming options because there are many options. Option one, the most formal option would be to call Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. I know this is a little strange. You're using their titles, Mr. and Mrs. And you're also using the husband's first name as both of their first names with their last name, Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. If someone is married, but they have different last names, you could choose to still use it or else you could use one of the other options we're going to talk about. Option two, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, no first names. 
In this example, we didn't use John or Jane. It's just Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's like the movie, but I don't really recommend this. I think that I prefer to see people's first names. There's going to be maybe in some cases, a lot of people with the same last name because it's likely your last name or your new last name. So it could be confusing to have a lot of those different envelopes, but you don't know which one's actually going to who. So I actually prefer a different option. Option three, Mr. and Mrs. John and Jane Smith. It's a lot of ands in this example. Mr. and Mrs. John and Jane Smith. But in some cases, your template may make it so that you have to kind of go this route. This is definitely an option. Option four, Mr. John and Mrs. Jane Smith. I prefer this one. The title is next to their first name. And so for me, it feels clear. Mr. John and Mrs. Jane Smith. And it kind of feels formal enough to me. You could also just say John and Jane Smith, no titles. This works really well for those large families. Skip the titles if you need more room. John, Jane, Everett, and Lacey Smith, that could look beautiful addressed on an envelope. Men are always Mr. unless they are Dr. Dr. And women are Miss, M-I-S-S, if they are, say, younger than 18. Ms, M-S, meaning adult but unmarried, if they're older than 18 but not married. And Mrs, M-R-S, if they are married unless they are doctor. Note that anyone who is doctor is usually listed first in their household. So my mother and father-in-law are a great example. Since my father-in-law is a doctor, Peter and Carol Chandler, I would list their envelope, Dr. and Mrs. Peter and Carol Chandler, or if I don't like the ands, Dr. Peter and Mrs. Carol Chandler. Say the wife is the doctor. This is the case with my friend's parents, Sally and Steve Beck. So I would address their envelope, Dr. and Mr. Sally and Steve Beck, or Dr. Sally and Mr. Steve Beck. But because Dr. Sally actually has a hyphenated last name, she's not technically just Beck. She's O'Leary Beck. Her, this is a true story. I addressed their envelope, Dr. Sally O'Leary Beck and Mr. Steve Beck. So which do you choose from all these options? My recommendation is to do a combination. Guests don't compare how they were named. So you could just do something that's best in general for most people, but then make changes where you need to for people who need a different naming sequence. And I think it really does depend too on the names that you're encountering. So go through now and maybe start playing with those different options. Again, they are the Mr. and Mrs. John Smith, the very formal one. Option two is the no first names, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like the movie. Option three is the lots of ands. Mr. and Mrs. John and Jane Smith. Number four is the titles that sit with the people's names, Mr. John and Mrs. Jane Smith. And option five is no titles, John and Jane Smith. As I wrap up, I want to get ahead of one thing you could still experience, which is pushback from your guests. Even if you're super clear in your envelope addressing and super thoughtful with your guest list, and you've made a note on your website about kids and plus ones, and you have an FAQ section, you've just done everything you can do, there's still likely a few situations that tend to come up for couples again and again. So let's just walk through a couple of them. Number one, your friend who is expecting puts herself as a maybe for the RSVP and says, I know it's adults only and I'll have a newborn, so I likely won't be able to attend. In this case, you may think, oh no, I can't bring my newborn, even though I'm a breastfeeding mother because you didn't put the caveat or even if you did, she didn't see it. In this case, you can reach out and clarify that if she's feeling up for it, her newborn is welcome, that breastfeeding mothers 
are totally welcome to bring their babies. Number two, your sister-in-law lets it be known at the next family gathering that she thinks the no kids rule is ridiculous because her kids are your family. Hey, her kids may be why you came up with the no kids rule, but you really can't tell her that. So what do you do? You can pass it through the grapevine or tell her directly. My vision for the day is a calm, formal, and very sentimental ceremony and reception. I love your children, but for this one day, we want to connect deeply with our guests and create an adult-only environment. And if she responds with, when you have kids, blah, 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 which she probably will, maybe you can remind her. When you were planning a wedding and dealing with its many complexities, I'm sure you were also hoping people would just be supportive because it's tricky to make everyone happy and this is what's best for us. Number three, you receive an online alert. The Smith family has RSVP'd for four people, just like you were allowing them to, but they have left a note. Everett has a soccer tournament and can't attend, so I'm bringing my father instead. Guests will do this. This is the downside to the online RSVP allotment because it makes people think, I have four slots to do with what I will, and they'll sub out an invited guest for another family member or a friend. This is not allowed. You may have people on a B list or an overflow list that you're waiting to invite. And though Everett was invited, if he's not coming, you need his slot back for someone else. So you can either gracefully accept their swap or else write them back or call them to explain, hey, actually, if Everett can't come, though it totally makes sense that you want to swap his spot, I have other family members on an overflow list that I would like to give his spot to. And I hope you understand. And I'm excited that you and John and Lacey can come. Number four, your friend breaks up with his long-term girlfriend and wants to bring a different plus one that you've never met. Again, they're swapping their spots. In their mind, they were allotted two people. They're still just two people. But what guests don't always see is the sacrifices you have made to accommodate certain people at the expense of others. Again, you can either gracefully accept the swap or reach out. Hey, I'm so sorry to hear you broke up and I hope you're well. I'll change your reservation slot to one as we aren't having plus one guests unless we know them personally. Number five, someone who isn't invited is offended. They reach out or they make it known through the grapevine. No matter their reasoning, honestly, it's rude of them to let this come back to you. My advice to guests is to whine to your friends in private, but not to burden a couple planning their wedding with your drama. If they are truly coming to you as an advisor to say, hey, you're making a huge mistake here by not allowing my new wife or my kid or me to your event, In the moment, say thank you for telling me, let me process this information and get back to you. Then if it's still a no, hold firm. Say something like, I respect that you believe it's a mistake for me not to invite blank person. Unfortunately, there are a lot of dynamics in the works blending our families and preparing for this event. This decision is what's best for us, and we hope that you can still attend and support us despite our disagreement. Remember, if you need to, you can always lead with your vision. It's my vision that this is an incredibly intimate or adult-only or family-only event, whatever makes sense for why that that person isn't invited. Whether you agree or not, this is what's best for me right now. Number six, someone is offended that they were not offered a plus one. They won't know anyone at the wedding. It's a long way to travel. They feel they should be able to bring a friend to enjoy the event. Maybe they ask you nicely or they insinuate to you that they were insulted. You can respond, I see it from your side because it's a long way to travel. We really appreciate you considering it. Let me take a closer look at our numbers and get back to you. You take a closer look and you decide that actually still it's a no. We can't have a plus one for that person. Then you can circle back and say something like, we still have a lot of really close friends and family we're hoping to invite as we receive regrets 
from people who can't come. So I would say it doesn't make sense for us to allow a plus one unless they are really close to us as a couple. And even then they would have to be behind all those other family members that we're still waiting to invite. It's up to you if you can't make it, but we totally understand either way. All right, with that, organize your spreadsheet and get them ready to be printed on your envelopes. Sending out your invites is so fun and it's a big step for your event. So congratulations on getting them out there.